Hi, and welcome again to the Apologist Bookshelf. I'm Gary Zacharias. I would like to go back to a book called A General Introduction to the Bible. Geisler and Nix are the authors. This is revised and expanded edition. So much good information in here. What I'm going to do is go to chapter 11, Evidences for the Inspiration of the Bible. Uh, we, we claim it's the Word of God, uh, but why do we believe that? said it's um, actually a matter of evidence. said there are other books, like the Quran and the Book of Mormon. They claim to be the Word of God, but they contradict the Bible. But God can't contradict himself, and his Word can't contradict itself. So only one of those books could be the Word of God, or maybe none of them, but not all of them. So he said, uh, you have to offer evidence to support that the Bible is the one who that's the Word of God, as opposed to other ones that will make uh, similar kinds of claims. Uh, he said, uh, any book that demands obedience to it as the Word of God has to support its claim to be the authentic voice of God. So what's the evidence that the Bible has divine authority? So I like the way he's got a lot of, uh, I say he, I always think of Geisler, but it's Geisler and Nix. So they, they have uh, a lot of subdivisions to this. So he said, uh, don't, don't think of the inspiration of the Bible like others would say poetic inspiration. What they're referring to, and I'm glad they, they qualify their terms, is inspiration, when you talk about the Bible, is the God-given authority of its teachings that have uh, power for the thought and life of the believer. So what does the Bible mean, or what does the Bible say about inspiration? Well, the word, the Greek word, is theonoustos. Theonoustos means God breathed. So... Sometimes it's actually, I guess, including the idea of the process by which the writings were invested with divine authority. So it's the writings that are inspired. The writers, though, were spirit-moved to record their messages. So inspiration, kind of the big picture here, inspiration is what occurs when spirit-moved writers record God-breathed writings. Okay, so if that makes sense. So what's the biblical claim itself for divine inspiration? So it's not just... Christians that call it uh, inspired, what does the Bible say about itself? Well, there are a lot of references all over the Bible that talk about its divine origin. So if you go in the Old Testament, it proclaims to be prophetic writing. So you hear over and over again in the Old Testament, thus, thus says the Lord. So uh, we hear that many, many times. What about the New Testament? Well, the apostolic writings there were described the same way as the Word of God. They were called Scripture prophecy, and so on. So every book in the New Testament has some kind of claim to divine authority. And the New Testament church read these letters, uh, these uh, biographies of Jesus. They circulated them, they collected them, and they quoted the New Testament books right along with the inspired scriptures of the Old Testament. All the great fathers of the Christian church from the earliest times said that these books, these New Testament books, were divinely inspired. So, there is continuous claim for the inspiration of both the Old and the New Testament from the time of their composition up to the present. All right, so the biblical claim, yeah, the Bible in the Old Testament and the New Testament claims to be divine. Now, of course, that's not going to in, impact a lot of people who are skeptics. Uh, let's move along then. They also say there's internal evidence for the Bible's inspiration. So, there's going to be two kinds of evidence. One is within Scripture itself. That's internal and then evidence that comes from outside, pretty obvious, external evidence. So, so what are they talking about when they say internal evidence? Well, on the surface, it seems to be an inspired book. It speaks with authority. 
Uh, it, it appears to have come from God. It claims to have a divine origin. It seems to have a supernatural character. So, as uh, they say in the book of John, never did a book speak the way this book speaks. That's kind of rephrasing a gospel writer. The Bible just has a ring of truth. And what else is there that is internal evidence? Evidence of the testimony of the Holy Spirit. It's the witness of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God is confirmed to the children of God by the Spirit of God. So the inner witness of God is in the heart of the believer. And that person sits down, reads the Bible, and believes that it does have divine origin. So the Holy Spirit bears witness to the believer that he's a child of God. That's good. That's Romans 8, 16. But that the Bible itself is the Word of God. That's 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21. There's evidence from the transforming ability of the Bible. So we're still talking about internal evidence. That's the way it converts an unbeliever and builds up the believer in the faith. After all, in Hebrews chapter 4, the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And talks about how many thousands have experienced this dynamic power. And at this, at this point, let me stop for just a second and tell you a quick story uh, of my life and how I can verify this. I was teaching the Bible at a secular school. So it was, the Bible is literature. And I had a pretty tough kid in there, a sharp kid, but uh, just kind of had a tough edge to him. And after the semester was over, he contacted me and he said, my life was a mess. And the Bible, just reading the Bible, changed my life completely. I'm now a Christian. So it wasn't anything I did, but it was the power of the Holy Spirit that cut him like a two-edged sword and cut him in a good way. And I followed his life ever since, and he has stayed true to Christ. So pretty amazing. Isn't that great? Uh, the Word of God is living and active. Yes, it is. He says, uh, I'm back to the book here. They say the drug addicts have been cured, derelicts have been transformed, hate's been turned to love by reading the Bible. Here's another internal evidence. There's evidence for the unity of it. I mean, think about the Bible. 66 books written over something like 1,500 years, around 40 authors in uh, several languages and hundreds of topics. But the Bible has an amazing unity of theme, which is all about Jesus. And it talks about one problem, sin. And one solution, the Savior, that's a unifying process from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, not a single person or a single group of people put the Bible together. These were added over time, and then they were collected. And then later, they look at people looked at it and said, wow, the unity of this is amazing. You can't find something else like that at all. So those are some of the internal evidences. Now, as I said, they probably won't... Um, change a lot of unbelievers and a bunch of skeptics to accept the uh, authority of the Bible and the inspiration. So they said it's mostly subjective to talk about the internal evidence. It's what the believer sees or senses. And um, so the non-believer doesn't sense the Spirit, obviously, or experience any kind of power of the Scripture in his or her life. So these internal evidences, they point out, just like I was saying, may have little convincing effect on somebody's life. And that's where external evidence is going to play a role. So here's, here's one area of external evidence, and that's the historicity of the Bible. It can be examined historically, especially like the field of archaeology. Uh, they use a renowned archaeologist, William Albright, who said this, there can be no doubt that archaeology has confirmed the substantial historicity of the Old Testament tradition. Nelson Gluck adds, it may be stated categorically that no 
archaeological discovery has ever controverted a biblical reference. That's interesting. Here's another person, Clifford Wilson. He said the same thing, that you get support to the historical reliability. He said there's no discovery, uh, no historical discoveries of direct evidence of any spiritual claim in the Bible, but he said the historicity of the Bible does prove some kind of indirect verification of this claim of inspiration. Now, what about, again, external evidence? What about from the testimony of Jesus? Okay, so what did he have to say? Well, just if you think he's true, if you think he's an amazingly insightful person, even if you don't think he's the son of God, but he argued for the inspiration of the Bible. If he had any kind of authority as a religious teacher, then the scriptures are inspired. He taught that they're God's word. You have to reject the authority of Jesus to reject that. So the argument is like this. If what Jesus taught is true, and Jesus taught that the Bible is inspired, then it follows that it's true that the Bible is inspired of God. Here's some other external evidences. How about prophecy? Uh, Let's just see if we can find a few here. It says, hundreds of predictions, sometimes given hundreds of years in advance, have been literally fulfilled. Let's, let's think about the ones that have to do with the Jesus himself. The time of Christ coming in the world, that's Daniel 9. The city, that's in Micah 5, 2. The nature of Christ's birth, that's Isaiah 7, 14. Those are all Old, Te- Old Testament verses that foretold Christ. Other dozens of verses talk about his life, his death, his resurrection. And they say, take a look at Isaiah 53. And outside of Christ, what other kinds of prophecies? The the destruction of Edom, that's in the book of Obadiah, chapter 1. The curse on Babylon, that's Isaiah 13. The destruction of Tyre. Now, I think that is fascinating, by the way. That's Ezekiel 26. And Nineveh, the destruction of Nineveh, that's in Nahum, chapters 1 to 3. How about the return of Israel to the land? That's Isaiah 11, 11. Now, other books do claim, as they mentioned at the beginning of the chapter, they do claim divine inspiration, but none of those books, like the Quran, the Book of Mormon, parts of the Veda, none of those books contain predictive prophecy. So that's a strong indication of the unique divine authority of the Bible. Here's another external uh, evidence from the influence of the Bible. I mean, there's never been a book more widely disseminated, and no book has broadly influenced the course of world events like the Bible has. It's been translated into more languages, more copies. It's influenced more thought, inspired more art. It's motivated more discoveries than any other book in history. Isn't that interesting? It said, if you want to know about the Bible on the Western world, it says it's clear for anybody who teaches history, and that's so true. Now, the Bible's influenced so many things. I, I speak about the uniqueness of Jesus, and uh, I can run down a half a dozen things that Jesus has said and done in the New Testament that's inspired the Western world in particular. So civilization, going back to these two authors, civilization, they say, has been influenced more by the Judeo-Christian scriptures than any other book or series of book, books in the world. So no great moral or Religious work of any kind in the world exceeds the morality and the principle of Christian love. And no other book has a more lofty spiritual concept than the biblical view of God. Okay, let's keep going. How about some more external evidence? How about evidence from the apparent indestructibility of the Bible? The Bible has had more attacks on it than you'd be, maybe would expect to, to have on a book. The Bible's withstood all of its attackers. Go back to the 
first century, Diocletian attempted to exterminate it. Oh, I'm sorry, that's in the 300s. All right, my bad. So in the 300s, tried to exterminate it. But it's the most widely published book in the world today. Critics used to say, oh, it's all mythological. But archaeology keeps establishing it as historical. People that didn't like it attacked its teachings as primitive. But moralists urged that its teachings on love should be applied today. How about evidence from the integrity of the human authors? Well, let's take a look at them. Were any of the authors of Scripture dishonest, insincere? Let's just take the disciples. Everything that's known about their lives, especially their deaths, they were utterly convinced that God had spoken to them. Evidence from miracles. Another support for the inspiration of Scripture comes from miracles. What's a miracle? An act of God. And it confirms the word of God by a prophet. And we see story after story of miracles. Here's an interesting argument for the inspiration of the Bible. Charles Wesley came up with this one. It's called The Argument from Alternate, alternate Possibility. Okay, The Argument from Alternate Possibility. So here comes the, the alternate possibilities. Wesley said this, The Bible has to be either the invention of good people or angels, bad men or devils, or of God. Okay, So you really have just three choices there, alternate possibilities, either the good, the bad, or God. So he says, well, it couldn't be the invention of good men or angels, for they wouldn't have made a book and tell lies all the time they were writing it, saying, thus saith the Lord. Why would they lie? If they were inventing it, so that makes them liars, that doesn't make them good. But what about number two? Would it be the invention of bad men or devils? Yeah, but look at the book. It commands duty to God. It forbids sin. It condemns their souls to hell to all eternity. Now, that doesn't make sense. So he says, therefore, I draw this conclusion the Bible must be given by divine inspiration. So that's an interesting argument as well. So let's summarize. Right at the end of the chapter here, these two authors summarize. It says, uh, support for the Bible's claim to be actual, authentic words of God. That comes from a lot of sources. First is just the nature of the Bible itself, the witness of the Spirit, the transforming ability, the way it changes lives, the unity of the Bible, I mean, considering especially you had so many authors in different languages, different topics over a long period of time. How about the historicity of the Bible by archaeological discoveries? The testimony of Christ. He indicated it as the Word of God. The, author, uh, the authors had all sorts of fulfilled prophecies that would confirm its divine character. He had the influence of the Bible. It's influenced more people and more cultures than any other book. How about the indestructibility of the Bible? Another indication that it must be from God. The integrity of the human authors lends support to it. Miracles confirm the Bible to be the Word of God. Then they mention that Charles Wesley argument, the argument from alternate possibilities, suggesting that good or evil creatures couldn't have come up with it. It had to come from God himself. He says some of the arguments just by themselves are indecisive, but he said when you take them all together, they form a really powerful argument that the Bible is the Word of God. And then their final sentence wraps it up really well, I think. No other book in the world has such widespread and unique support for its claim to be the inspired Word of God. So one more time, this came from uh, Geisler and Nix called The General Introduction to the Bible. Uh, it's not a new book, but it's got so much good information in it. Well, thank you, and uh, we'll take on another topic soon.